unprecedented times require unprecedented changes. And uh, we're going to uh, start off today and every day as long as we have to getting some advice on employment law because, Sapria, as you know, um, the collective focus is on people um, who uh, are being affected through their workplace. And that's why uh, we have invited on a daily basis at this time our friend, the host of the Employment Law, uh, the Employment Hour, Employment Lawyer. He's a partner at Samfir Tamarkin. And by the way, uh, Lior and his law partner, Savan, have put together a really good resource for both employment law and disability rights law, and that's covidrights.ca. And, of course, you'll have an opportunity with the employment uh, show on uh, Monday nights and Wednesday nights to talk to Lior. But uh, first of all, let's welcome our guest, Lior Samfiru, on the line. Lior, good morning. Good morning, Mike and Supriya. Pleasure to be with you. Pleasure to be talking to you as well. How are you hanging in? Uh, you know, we're all working uh, remotely now. My office, it's a, it's a big change, uh, but, you know, we're, we're really inundated with a lot of calls and emails, and we've been answering questions around the clock. Uh, I have never seen such a situation with so many people affected in such a short period of time, and if we can help provide some relief, some answers, then we're happy and proud to do that. We will be taking some calls in the second segment after the bottom of the hour, Lior. So 416-870-6400 if you have an employment question for Lior that deals with the COVID-19 crisis. And I was saying to Supriya this morning, Lior, 6 o'clock this morning, Chorus Key's pretty empty. There's like 25 people on a daily basis out of 1,500. Uh, but I started seeing the cars arriving. That's because, and you've been here, we have two pretty large construction projects right to the north of my studio. And those people driving in at 6 o'clock this morning were construction workers. I can see them out there right now. What is the response from Doug Ford's plea to construction? If you don't feel so- safe on the job, walk home. That is a very good point. And he said that, and he's made it clear. If you're not feeling safe, go home. That is terrible, terrible advice because there is no law. There's no legislation that allows that to happen. So here's how it works. If your employer is open and, and, and willing to have you work, and as long as they can follow proper social distancing practices in the workplace, you have to go to work. If you don't go to work in that situation, then your employer can discipline you up to and including termination. You can't simply say, hey, I, I saw Doug Ford on TV saying, if you feel uncomfortable, I'm uncomfortable, I'm not, I'm not going in. That is not the right advice, and, and the premier should change that, uh, change that view now. Here's where it gets uh, more interesting, and here's where employees may have uh, options. If you are in a workplace where you have to work shoulder to shoulder in close proximity, there are others, so you can't exercise proper social, uh, social and physical distancing, you may be able to engage in what we call a formal work refusal. That is a situation where because of the safety of the workplace, you will refuse work. Now, what happens then is your employer must bring in the Ministry of Labor to determine whether, in fact, the work is unsafe. If the ministry determines that it is unsafe, they can shut down the workplace. They can order the employer to make changes. But that is up to the Ministry of Labor. But you simply can't call up your employer and say, listen, I, I, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about my, my parents and myself. So I'm not coming in. I heard Doug Ford on TV. That doesn't work. So I, I urge people to be smart, and if they have any questions, happy to always chat with anyone. Lior, so what should people do in that circumstance? Just to reach out, I guess, to their employer? So two things. Number one, yes, it's always a good 
thing to talk to the employer. An employer may be reasonable and say, okay, you're, you're uncomfortable, fine, stay home, no issue. But if the employer says, we need you to be here, uh, so come in or, or else, then as long as social distancing can take place in the workplace, they have to go to work. Otherwise, they can engage in a formal work refusal. The only other thing that someone can do is this. If truly you're feeling anxiety, and a lot of us are feeling a lot of anxiety having to go to work, leaving the house, seeing others, then talk to your doctor. Again, I'm, I'm not a doctor, I'm a lawyer, but if your doctor feels that you should not, for medical reasons, go to work, then they can provide you with a note and that allows you to be off work legally. It's up to the doctor. You can't simply decide unilaterally, you know, this is too risky for me. Uh, so uh, again, we have to always follow doctor's advice. And in some situations, we can bring in the Ministry of Labor to determine what is safe or unsafe. Leor, for employers, and um, I know you deal with usually employees in these issues, if you aren't practicing social distancing at work, if your workplace is open but you're not following the rules, can they take action against you? So in most situations, and, and you know, this is obviously unprecedented, we don't have uh, a lot of uh, decisions dealing with this or any decisions because this is so new. But in most cases, if you get sick in the workplace, if you get sick uh, and you can't work and now you have to be off for a while or God forbid something worse happens, you may have recourse for WSIB. So anything that happens in the workplace means that there's that insurance plan, the WSIB plan that allows you to get compensation and you cannot take legal action necessarily against your employer. Now, there are some workplaces that are not covered by WSIB. And there's also some instances where the employer acts so unreasonably that they may not have WSIB coverage or lose that coverage. So yes, in some situations, employers, individual business owners may be liable for not creating a work environment that's safe, for endangering employees, and they may have legal action brought against them. The last thing I'll say on this particular situation is if you are, in fact, in an unsafe work environment, one of the options you may also have is to treat that unsafe environment as what we call a constructive dismissal. In other words, you breached your obligation to keep me safe, employer. I'm going to treat that as a termination and leave and require you to pay me severance. But what I don't want people to do is simply say, uh, I'm not showing up and, and uh, that's on you, employer. That is not a good idea. Supriya? I mean, Lior, in those circumstances, given the fact that the premier has now said so twice that you can be able to do so, I would imagine there are at least a handful of people that would have taken the premier at, at his word there. What recourse would they have now if, let's say, they did walk off the job? Well, you know, because we're in these unprecedented, unprecedented times, you know, if I were to look a couple steps ahead and, and, you know, a matter went to court, I think any individual is going to get a, a lot of leeway from a court if they acted what in what they thought was the right way and if they followed uh, uh, statements made by the premier. So I, I don't necessarily think that employees that follow that advice are automatically going to be uh, out of luck and, and have lost their job without any recourse. Uh, so, so that is certainly something to consider, but we're speculating here. Ultimately, I think that the, uh, sending the right message, and if the government wants to make changes, they can make changes to legislation. It, it, it will be a change that allows for a temporary period of time for individuals to make to, to, the, the call as to whether they can or cannot work. But generally speaking, simply saying, I heard someone say it on TV, even if it's the premier, it's simply not going to be good enough. All right, 416-870-6400. That's 416-870-6400.
You might have a particular situation you're dealing with right now. Lior Samfiro provides advice on the Employment Law Show every week on this radio station throughout the week as well. Here's your opportunity to connect with Lior Samfiro on the morning show at 416-870-6400. And we've got a caller waiting. We've got Steve on the line. Steve, good morning. Steve? So my, my daughter works in a law, in a uh, retirement residence, so not a long-term care facility. So they're not under the same legislation. And they still have their residents coming down for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and convening for like, you know, 40, 50, 60 people at a time in a dining room. They're also continuing, uh, you know, for recreation activities. And uh, they don't want to interfere with the experience of the residents, but uh, they're really putting them at risk. And I don't think that that uh, makes any sense, but there's no ministerial guidelines around retirement communities. Well, you're right, uh, Steve, that there's no ministerial guidelines, but there are general guidelines in terms of what's acceptable acceptable social distancing. And to the extent that that uh, environment, they can allow residents to still obviously be fed and be treated, perhaps staggering them into the dining room and allowing uh, proper distancing to take place. They should do that. And by not doing that, they're putting everyone at risk, both the, the residents and the workers. So that is not appropriate. To me, that is exactly the type of situation where the Ministry of labor can and should be called in and it starts by someone an employee engaging in a work refusal so that is an option and again but what i don't want to have happen is someone to say i'm not i'm just not showing up for work there's a formal process uh, that, that starts at the ministry of labor has to be called in in fact the employees that don't work have to be paid while that process uh, is under under uh, unfolding. So that is a, a, some advice that I can give there. Uh, it's certainly not the appropriate way to go about things. The, the disappointing thing is that there's not more, um, you know, leadership provided by either the government or the own uh, their own uh, uh, administration within the residence home. And it's kind of like the comment back was, we're not under any specific guidelines and we're going to continue business as we see fit. That was it. That is obviously wrong, and certainly the guidelines do apply to everyone in terms of social distancing, and employers are expected to comply with them uh, across the board, and employees have a right to expect their employers to comply with those practices. Great. Steve, for taking my call. Best, best of Cheers. luck to your daughter. Appreciate that one. Lior Samfiro is with us, employment lawyer, partner at Samfiro Tamarkin, and we're taking your calls. We're just lining a few up. Uh, before we get to our next caller, Joe, uh, Lior, uh, tell us a bit about the emergency response package. So the government has announced, the federal government, a benefit that's available to individuals that have lost a job or have, have had their income affected by the virus. So, so these are people that would otherwise not qualify for EI. Now, the whole point of this uh, program is to allow as many people as possible to get compensated $2,000 a month for up to four months. The problem here is that as it's currently drafted, it won't allow those individuals that have had their income significantly reduced from qualifying. So if you lost your job, yeah, you qualify. If you've had your income reduced by 90% because your employer only has 10% work for you, 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 you don't qualify. That is certainly a, a concern. The other thing is we don't know yet how people are going to or what information people are going to need to provide to qualify. I think it's going to end up being on the honor system. Uh, so there's potential for abuse there. Hopefully that doesn't happen. But for most people, if you've lost your job, if you've fallen ill by the virus or you're caring for someone that, that has the virus, then you, you can stay home. You can qualify and apply for this benefit starting April the 6th. And that will pay you, presumably starting in a few days after you apply, $2,000 
$1,000 a month for four months. So that is certainly a positive move. A move. It's going to help a lot of people get compensation that they would otherwise not qualify for under the EI system. But, Lior, would you need an ROE or anything like that? No, you would not need an ROE for this benefit. And in fact, the way uh, I understand it, you're going to go online or even uh, there's going to be a 1-800 number and they're simply going to say, if you meet these criteria, click the box and then they're going to pay you the benefit. The problem though, Mike, this benefit is administered by the CRA. So at some point, you're going to have to pay the piper. And what I mean is when you file your taxes, you may then have to provide proof that you had a certain level of income, that that income was reduced. And for those people who may not understand exactly what what's required, they may get benefits that they would otherwise not qualify for, and then the government may want it back. So so there is a, that potential there of some problems, because the government right now is saying, we're just going to pay it to you first and ask questions later. Whether that's good or bad, I'll, I'll let you decide. All right. So tread carefully, people. Uh, we've got Joe on the line. Joe, uh, you got a question about your wife's layoff. Uh, yeah, my wife uh, is a 19-year employee of a of a firm that decided they were going to let as many people as possible work from home. Um, I think pretty much all of them got given computers and uh, uh, set up at home. My wife was set up. She worked for a day and a half. And then they phoned her and said, you're being laid off. Um, She inquired why. She's been there 19 years. Somebody else been there two weeks and um, another one less than a year. And uh, she was told that the seniority uh, was irrelevant. And now she's not been getting along great with the boss over the last, I'll say, you know, several months. And um, she's under the impression or she feels like this is uh, some sort of attack on her. She feels it's personal, Lior. So, Joe, it's actually interesting. I've spoken with uh, a number of individuals who felt right or wrong that their employer is using the virus to to try to make changes that they wanted to make and now feel that they have this cover or protection of the virus. So so let's let's break this down a bit. Seniority, strictly speaking, is not relevant in terms of making the decisions. But now uh, your wife has two options. Option number one is she can accept this layoff. Presumably, the employer looks at it as a temporary layoff and come back if and when they call her back. That's option number one. The second option, though, is she can treat this, even though the employer is suggesting that this is a temporary layoff, she can treat that as a termination and require the company to pay her severance right now. That may mean for her after 19 years, as much as 18 months pay, that's a significant amount. So perhaps that is an option, especially if she doesn't want to go back given the conflict with the the employer, and it also allows her to get some compensation right now. So that is the option that she has. She can choose either one, but if she feels that you know this relationship has now been deteriorated to the point where she can't or doesn't want to go back, pursuing severance right now is an option. Right, and so they uh, they emailed her, uh, you know, a letter, a layoff letter, and um, we have not signed it because it it claims in the letter that um, you know it was mutually agreed on that she would be laid off, and she obviously <laughs> did not agree. To something like that. So, what what are the laws regarding uh, payment of this of the severance? I mean, is uh, is the employer legally obligated to pay, or do we have to sue them for it? I and mean, what's the guarantee that you know we don't go broke trying to get her <laughs> severance pay? <laughs> so. 
so whether the fact that the employer is legally obligated, that is a fact. The reality is, will they simply pay if you say, hey, employer, pay it? Probably not. Probably it's something that we will have to, to push on. Uh, you know, I don't know the specifics, and I'm not going to necessarily get into that analysis here. I will say that these types of legal proceedings, if they're required, are not complicated. They're not hard because there's really no defense that a company may have here. So uh, that is my best advice. If she doesn't want to go uh, to work, back to work at this place is to pursue her severance. All right. Thank you so much, Joe. And uh, we've got time for one more call, Lior, in this segment. And, of course, uh, you're, uh, you or one of your fine colleagues on the Employment Hour tonight at 7, correct? Correct. We're uh, we live taking all kinds of questions. All right. We've got one more. We've got uh, John on the line. John, you want to know about under-the-table work? Yeah, yeah. If you were just uh, working cash or if you were working under-the-table, um, is there any type of support for you in this uh, circumstance right now? So this kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. You could apply now for the uh, Canada Emergency Response Benefit and, and likely get it because you would say I've earned $5,000 or more in the last year. The problem is when you do your taxes, the government's going to say, wait a second, we now understand you are earning income. You have to tell us about that income. And then you may have problems, perhaps big problems, because you've been getting paid under the table and not declaring the income. So you can get paid by, and get the benefit, but you're taking a risk that that may cause you problems later on. You may have to pay money back. There could be fines, penalties, etc. So that is a, an individual decision. I personally don't recommend, uh, you know, doing anything illegal, of course. So if you're getting paid under the table, that is a real risk you're taking by, by essentially taking money that's otherwise illegal to take. Okay. Thank you so much for your time. Yep. Yeah, gotta pay the piper someday, eh, Lior? Yes, we we all have to, and you know, even though the company, the the government may pay you now, at some point we're gonna come out of this, and at some point the government's gonna do whatever it can to get back what it overpaid. So they may take a while, but they're gonna get to it. The CRA is pretty good at that. So people have to understand that just because you can get a check within ten days doesn't mean that at some point there's not going to be consequences. I understand the government's position, Mike. They don't have time to start processing things right now. they got to get money in people's pockets ASAP, but that's going to change. So people really have to take advantage of this benefit if they legitimately and legally qualify for it. And you've got a ver an ample opportunity to ask more questions about employment situations in these unprecedented times tonight on the Employment Law Show at 7 o'clock. Lior, we'll talk again tomorrow morning. Thank you. Look forward to it. Thank you. Lior Sanfiro is going to join uh, Sapria and I every morning at uh, 20 past 8, right through two segments to get your calls in quick, fast, and furious. Lior Sanfiro, employment lawyer and partner at Sanfiro to Markin.